back to another episode of The Geek Whispers. I'm Matt Brender. And I'm Amy Lewis. And I'm John Mark Troyer. And this week, we are in fact live from VMworld 2015. And we're joined by the one, the only, a friend of the, the family, the podcast, and the internet, Cody Bunch. Howdy. Just so people understand what you do right now, which we're not going to talk too much about that, but just so people know, what do you do right now? So my official role, what I do professionally, like the guys who sign my paycheck, uh, I am a principal architect at Rackspace as part of our uh, OpenStack private cloud group. I get called in when a customer is doing things that color outside the product lines. I try to make what they're doing fit with what we're doing, and if not, find the appropriate amount of glue and duct tape to uh, make it all work. Love it. I, I enjoy that it's part job, part preschool craft project. Yes. <laughs> As is most technology. Uh, what brought us together today, Cody, other than VMworld itself, is the fact that we really admire some of the work you do around the community. So those listeners may not know that we are, in fact, going to be on the V Brown Bag. The V Brown Bag is an invention that came about with a community contribution that really stems from Cody. But you also have uh, quite an investment in the idea of mentoring and what that means to other people. So I guess just to start with the most basic of question is, what does mentorship mean to you in our industry? You say that's a basic question, but it is actually, or can actually be very complex to answer. Really, it's just a mechanism to, to give back. So where the brown bags are one to many, the mentorship is, is a very one-on-one sort of thing. It's just very individual, very specific, very goal or accomplishment focused. Starting the mentorship thing, I wasn't sure how big it was going to be or, or what we were going to accomplish and so forth. The, the biggest one so far is we ended up launching a STEM nonprofit in Boston out of this mentorship program. A lot of folks come, you know, like, well, what's my next step? And I'm, I'm kind of stagnating in my career. Some folks are looking for, like, they just want a gym buddy, somebody to hold them accountable for, like, well, I've got these eight things on my list, but I'm, I'm such a slacker. But now that I've told you these eight things, I can't let you down. Other people are looking for, like, how do I go and change the planet? That's a pretty drastic scope from just a day-to-day accountability to helping people invent the next Uber, but for healthcare or something along those lines. <laughs> Sorry I said that to you. I know you hate that stuff. That's interesting. <laughs> Uber, Uber for healthcare. Maybe not quite Uber for healthcare, but helping the, helping the planet. We are in San Francisco. <laughs> but, but helping people, to your point, John. So, Cody, mentoring is important in that sense, and Geek Whispers, what's interesting to you about it? I think the first thing, a lot of people say they want to mentor, but they're not sure they have time. So talk to us about that. How do we break down barriers to make sure that more of it happens? Because I think it's such an important thing to do. Like anything, if it's important to you, you will make it a priority, right? If you need to lose 30 pounds, but you're not sure where to start, well, then you haven't committed enough to, to doing it. The same goes for the mentorship. Giving back both on a one-to-many and a one-to-one level is of a level of importance to me. It just is, and I actually go through this with a lot of mentees too, because they, they want to do that next thing, but they're not sure where the time is. So oh, you, that's a good point too, that mentees feel yes. like they don't have time to devote to themselves yes. either. If it's important to you, you will make the time for it. One of the exercises we go through is just during a given week, at a high level, write down the things that you do during a day. Right? We review this list, and you're like, some of it comes down to, well, I binge-watched 18 hours of Game of Thrones one week, and like, <laughs> Okay, I can get that. It's a, it's a pretty good show, but that's 18 hours you could have been reinvesting in yourself, right? Okay, well, you commute. You commute 40 minutes each way to work. What are you listening to on your commute, right? It better not be the top 40. It better be some manner of podcast or 
or self-help book or something to to keep driving you toward what that goal is, right? Wow. So it's like finding the invisible time in your calendar yes. that you didn't know. So you start with awareness. Yes. Yeah, you start with awareness and then you, you find the bits of time that aren't dedicated to what it is that you want to be doing and you start refocusing around that as well. So you're kind of like a coach, really. I'm, I'm kind of what whatever they whatever need they need. to be. It was interesting. I was talking to somebody yesterday and without prompting, he brought up that there is a lack of mentorship in general in the industry. And oh, he framed it as there's no mentorship anymore. Hmm. So he had a framework where there used to be mentorship and now there's not. I think he might have been talking about employment. Like if you work at 10 or 20 places and you have a boss or boss's boss and often that is your mentor and you worked at the same place for your most of your career and people took care of you or you were being groomed for management or something sure, like that. Sure. That's an aspect of mentorship as everybody's jumping from job to job, you know, a year, two, three, you don't get that inside the institution anymore. I, I would say that it behooves you as the working professional to groom your social network to make sure that you, know, you pull off the dead branches, you water the plants that are really coming to fruition for you. And so it's not that it's gone, it's just you have to go out and get it. It's not going to come to you anymore. No. Yeah, and it may be outside your job. It may yeah. be out of, uh, what for us, in our VMware community, it's often at a, like a user group or through the VMware community. If you're in a different technical community, there are many assemblies of people all the way down to things like, uh, uh, what do you call it, the speech, when you make the speeches? Toastmasters. 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 Yeah, you know, there's Toastmasters. There are mastermind groups. There are all sorts of actually professional development groups that you can join that are not even just technology. So I think they're, you're right. They're out there, but you but have you, to want it enough to go out yeah. and do something. What inspired you to begin this journey? Was it a personal gap that you realized you needed a mentor and you started realizing, oh, I can be a mentor or I've, chicken or the egg here? I've not really done much thinking about the thinking. Yeah. So like, I haven't... <laughs> And I typically don't either. Like the brown bag started because there was a need, so I just started doing something, right? The mentorship feels very much the same way, where it, it felt like there was a gap that needed to be filled. Despite spidey sense. Yeah. Well, question though. I would just like to get a little bit of practical stuff. So you saw a gap and a need for V brown bag. How did you start? And then how did you grow it when you, or did it grow on its own? For the brown bag specifically, it was, this is back when VMware was still, you know, like a, a test dev environment, very small, not in every, and I needed to get my VCP, but there was nobody to study with in San Antonio. It was like four of us on the team, and that was about it. Right? We all went to the class, hooray, and then like, now what? That started as a study group, and if you go back and listen to our, our old stuff in the catalog, and please don't, it's terrible. It's really, really <laughs> terrible. But you can see that we've always had this, this group study focus mentality. It worked out well because there wasn't a San Antonio user group, or if there was, they weren't very vocal about being a San Antonio VMware user group, right? There wasn't a whole lot of action going on at that time. And so that's where the, like, okay, well, I can I can download this GoToMeeting thing and try to, to get some folks around there. It didn't grow for the first couple of years. It stagnated. It was a little weird, a little... You, you learn these things and you get better as you go along, and I was pretty terrible. Couple that with I had some pretty terrible personal things going on at some point, and it was at uh, the V-Expert dinner 2009, 2010, where I tried to throw it away, right? Like, look, I just can't do this anymore. Damian Carlson, who was standing nearby and, and listening to me whine about all of these things, is like, I got this. And uh, oh, wow. 
from there, uh, he focused in on a particular certification track. He brought a lot of really good ideas to the table, and it sort of took off and evolved naturally from there. Well, and I just want to tie this to a point that just came up on an episode we did recently on The Cube with Scott Lowe, where he talked about you don't know the power of your community until you need it. And yes. it sounds like that was sort of an inadvertent, in-real-life example yes. of and a problem and a solution. In fact, every member of the brown bag crew came in in about that same way. We were at a crisis point, and we needed some help, and poof, there we go. Josh Atwell became a host because, well, I couldn't make it one night, so, like, tag, you're it, right? Uh, Al came in, and Nick Marshall came in, all because we had a very specific need at the time that they were ready and willing to fill. Yeah, other common hosts and contributors. I, I think people sometimes see these things as they are and don't realize that they started as they did. A lot of people want to have things happen overnight, and it's cool to realize that it doesn't have to happen that way, right? It happens one step at a time. It builds on itself. And also that you don't have to have everything perfect. For instance, how many years into V Brown Bag are we? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I think it's about seven. Seven. Helped thousands of people. Wow. It, it spawned on, you know, three, one in Europe, Asia Pac, uh, Latin, America. Latin America. Multi-language. Yep. Uh, you know, multi-language. It meets every week. Huge community of people focused on the content. Your website is terrible. Like, and, and the, preaching to the yeah no but the, but the point is it did not have to be perfect for it to be valuable because you focused oh, on the community line. and the people and, yes. and I love that we keep sort of pounding on Cody of like give us the secret but in some ways I love that the secret is he just did it yes Luigi actually taught me that a while ago we were at a Veeam party at a Veeam World Luigi Danakos uh, yes. over at HP, a um, great community member. Yeah, he, he looked at me and said, well, the way you get started is you take this foot and you put it here, and you put this foot over here, and you <laughs> jump right in. And he literally jumped. And that, you're like, okay, well, yeah. The best way to, to, to get something going is to just start doing it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Perfect can and will come later. Now, like, if you're a heart surgeon, yeah, you probably want that to be perfect. <laughs> but for starting a podcast, like, if your audio clicks well, and pops or is noisy in the background, it's it's okay. Your audience will forgive you if the content is there. Yeah, right? and let's also remember, no one's born a heart surgeon. They practice, no. they learn, they yes. play with Hearts. hearts. <laughs> hearts yeah. They play with hearts. There's one other element I really want to glean from the story you've told about the V Brown Bag as an example of growing mentorship and mentorship programs that you publicly squealed. You said, I can't do this anymore. Yes. So that's actually failing in public, which is quite intimidating to people. But that also gave the opportunity for people to volunteer and fill yeah. that void. For it to grow and change. Yeah. For, for somebody who found it a valuable resource to, to give back and, and build upon it, yes. Is that just comfortable to you to be able to say, hey, I can't do this anymore? I know you had personal and professional things going on, so let's just zoom in on that moment for a second and say, like, what was that like? What would you tell somebody who may be feeling that right now and may not know the value of what they're sitting on? I didn't really have a good mechanism for help, and the, the fail in public piece, the brown bags were and continue to be a public construction, a community construction. It wasn't even so much failing in public. Like, I wasn't on Oprah. I wasn't on CNN failing gloriously, right? I wasn't, Brit <laughs> I wasn't Britney Spears circa 2007, right? It was within this community space within which I felt safe because I had worked with a bunch of these people over time. I had a relationship with Damien before, and, you know, not, not the relationship we have now through the brown bags. Like, it's grown over time. But I had interacted with a lot of these folks before. They knew what what was going on, how the podcast is, is going. Yeah. So it was a, being able to do it in a smaller community 
right? Well, the recognition that this isn't the biggest stage in the world. Yes. It's actually quite safe, relatively speaking. And also just to recognize that it wasn't yours. Mm-hmm. It was everybody's. It was something that you were very happy to start and you let it continue. Going back to mentoring. A lot of times when you ask people to be a mentor or when you ask people to step up and speak, they say, oh, I'm not worthy, right? I, I'm not qualified. I'm just a journeyman on the journey just like you. Mm-hmm. Has it been hard to get people, one of the things you do in the mentoring and in the V-Ground bag, to get people to mentor, to get people to feel like they actually have something to say, they're allowed to give help to others or, or to be valuable speakers, things like that? So there's two folds. To get somebody to, to realize that they're at a point where they would need a mentor and to step forward into the program or to get somebody to step forward and be a mentor to get past that imposter syndrome. The realization that somebody has come up and asked you to be a mentor is in and of itself proving to you that you are good enough to do it. Right? Mm. You have something that this person thinks is valuable, they would like to learn so more. So if somebody asks you and you feel like an imposter syndrome, you, you, you should take into account that, yeah. wait a minute, they just asked me, therefore I... Like, and you, you need to realize like yeah. it's a very awkward situation for the both of you, right? Like you asking somebody to be your mentor, you know, like you have to a come to the realization that you need a mentor or you would like a mentor to help you get past that hurdle, right? And then b actually approach somebody that you you have idolized for a while and and ask them to be a mentor, and that can be that can be kind of intimidating. And so like realize that it's going to be awkward for both parties. You both realize that you're human. There's no expectation of, a, of an instant or a magical cure there, right? As far as getting speakers to step forward and, you know, like whether or not they think they have something of value, generally when somebody says, like, hey, I would like to present a brown bag, we have Jonathan Fapier who tells them, rather, you're on the schedule for X date. And we just work backwards from that. We kind of, we kind of voluntold people into presenting. Be careful what you tweet when you are within the V Brown Bag community because you will be told to be on stage. And and that's, I think, actually a really good thing of it. Like, you, you help people prove to themselves that they know something that's valuable. Yeah. And, and honestly, like... Like we were talking about the the cost of failure. Like we've had live labs go sour and had to ad lib an entire hour, hour and a half, whatever. It's it's okay. The the community is is very accepting that we're all human and that you are coming to the table, putting yourself out there, trying to teach something. So they they are very very forgiving when stuff goes sideways. Right. right? We get the occasional critique on audio quality or crappy website. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Having, having something of value, the community is willing to, to forgive a lot of, uh, like, well, you use Comic Sans and you don't use Oxford commas, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of the Oxford comma. Yeah, yeah, Watch what you're to, saying. Yeah, those are fighting words. And I'm not a fan of Comic Sans. Uh, so, Cody, why don't we review some of the programs that you know of? So if somebody is listening right now, they see mentoring in the title, and they're like, hey, maybe this is a less awkward way for me to learn about mentoring opportunities or mentee opportunities. What are some ones that you know of? Honestly, within our, our small sphere of VMware stuff, I'm about the only one that is general purpose mentorship that I'm currently aware of. Now, mind you, like I didn't do the three minutes of Googling I would need to to find somebody else. In fact, most of the three minutes of Googling trying to find a mentor is going to be like, well, I have CDs or DVDs to sell you, and by the way, you can pay $125 a month to be in my mentor program. There's some value to having a paid mentorship, Right, I don't disagree with that. That you know, like putting putting that money forward shows that you have skin in the game to improve yourself, and you're you're not wasting the other person's time as well. Mm-hmm. But flip side of that is, 
I'm the only one that I'm aware of in the small VMware community that is general purpose. Scott Lowe occasionally runs a put the user back in the user group, and that is designed around getting folks up to up to their first speaking engagement, uh, getting you over the stage fright, the imposter syndrome, reviewing slides, and so on and so forth. That's a, a great couple of references, and you do actually remind me of another question when it comes to finding a mentor. What if you look internally to your own company? Do you see an opportunity in your in your boss or your boss's boss being a mentor, or do you generally advise that of others? I don't have a very good answer to that. What I would say is when looking at people to possibly mentor you, don't exclude company resources. Right? That's a good um, way of putting it. On the flip is be aware that company resources may be very specific to what you are doing as a company versus what you are trying to do with your career. Yeah. I think that's a great point. You can learn a whole lot from a boss, but maybe yeah. there's a social skill or a speaking skill or a, some other kind of specialty yes. skill or yeah. even like a technology skill that you need to pick up from somebody else. So yeah. it's more of a portfolio approach yes. to career development. And realizing what you need at a particular time. And maybe that's something that you work with a mentor on as well. And, you know, like working with your, your boss or your boss's boss as a mentor in that regard, like, okay, what... What do I need to seek out? Where do you see this going? Because some, you know, like having that third-party perspective on on your career and your accomplishments can also help drive and push a new direction. I'm a big fan of the secret mentor. To Cody's point, I think sometimes people are very intimidated by the word, and there's something about quietly asking questions and kind of in your own mind as the mentee, giving that person that power in your life, you know, mm -hmm. granting them that, but without ever acknowledging it publicly, and maybe when the time is right, but sometimes it can lower the discomfort, because like you said, it can people can get funny, yes. they can feel intimidated or that they have to perform or behave up to a certain... Yeah, it does make it seem like you're almost asking somebody to a dance, when really yeah. you're just like, hey, you seem smart. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah, right? let's go to coffee. Yeah, and yeah. At CXI, I put out a couple of years ago, you know, like how to VM world properly is, you know, like basically comes down to like never eat lunch alone, never go have coffee alone, always be connecting with somebody. And probably somebody new, uh, either somebody new that you've just met and you have similar interests or deepening a relationship that you already have with somebody in the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Good spend advice. the time, show up, but also, you know, raise your hand uh, so that people can see you. Yeah. John, thoughts on mentorship as we close out here? It is hard to ask for help. Mm. And I have found it hard to ask for help in my career. And it has been interesting, the theme of many of these Geek Whispers has been people who have had to reach out for help or one way or another. So one, you know, I think that this has been an interesting conversation about, about asking for help. And then the flip side is helping others. And it is, I think it is hard to accept that we have the power to help others. It is hard to accept that actually we have something to contribute. Sometimes making that connection is awkward. So like this kind of your informal, formal mentorship program is a really cool way of doing it. But there are many opportunities from getting coffee through mentorship programs, through, you know, through Toastmasters, through meetups. Then the cool thing is that the tech community has a richness of interconnectivity because of the way technologists are wired. I don't know. But we, we, there are many ways of, of connecting out and reaching and getting help. So I feel blessed to be in this community. But I, I really impressed Cody with 
that you invented this thing. I, I've never seen anything quite like it. So the, kudos. That's a cool. That's a really cool idea. And I'm I, kind of inspired. I know, and I love the simplicity of I needed somebody to study with. And what a great thing to remind us all that you yeah. didn't come with some whiteboarded scheme of world domination. Yeah. You needed a study buddy, you know, yeah. and and this kind of came out because and it kind of people, evolved into world domination. Yeah, it's, <laughs> sure. Nobody can nobody can say no to world domination when it happens. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll just bring it like the the whole uh, think and grow rich actually as a book from the 20s I think from Napoleon Hill invented this concept of a mastermind group where a group of people get together and are, will help each other now it's couched in language from the depression and we're all going <laughs> to get, get rich but the idea is a mutual support some people get that from church some people get that from community some people get that from work but the, this idea of a support circle is also pretty interesting Absolutely crucial and, and great tips, great advice, great understanding of it's a two-way street. You both are asking for help and you're also recognizing that you need help. Uh, and then there are a bunch of little nuances along the way, but you, you have to be willing to admit that to yourself and raise your hand. And I just wanted to point out something else John said was fear factor, right? And that if, if there is that fear of admitting you need help, and, and Cody's is a great story as well, that every story we've told where someone was afraid but then asked, it turns out well. So statistically, for all our engineering friends out well, I mean, there... Those are, those are also the cases that you hear about. Like, there are folks well, that ask... And it, I, <laughs> no, it, it's worked out well for me, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't have anecdotal evidence to the contrary. I'm just saying <laughs> we may have a, a statistical bias here. <laughs> Cody, don't you just got engineered. My math. You just got engineered. <laughs> I totally got engineered. I deserve that. Okay. <laughs> One last question. We always do positive things, but if you have an element, something you would tell somebody, don't do this. Some advice to uh, a mistake you made that you're going to spare somebody from. What would be the one thing you would say? Hey, you know what? I tried that out. This is not the best best move. I wouldn't uh, do this again. So how long do we have? <laughs> well, why don't we prune it by saying, let's make it something about mentoring, either being one or having one, and like, what's some advice you would give as a mentor that you would never do again? Well, so the, the, the one thing that I, I would say to not do, and I call it out there in all of the sign-up forms and everything, is don't be an asshole. <laughs> Right. Don't. That's good and, advice. And, and it's in it. And it's all encompassing. You know, like don't be an asshole. You know, like don't come into a mentorship program expecting the other person to do the work for you. Right. Like you've already taken the first step by reaching out, but it's not that other. Like that other person is not responsible for your career. You are. Right. So so don't expect them to be responsible. Now, the the other side of that is like. Don't be afraid to hold them accountable either. So if you have a mentor that commits to, to do something for you or with you, make sure that you hold them accountable. And vice versa. Like, your mentor should be holding you accountable to things as well. That's perfect. It. Perfect answer for it, too. That it's about that balance and two sides coming to an agreement and working together. So, Cody, if people want to follow you or some of the work you're doing with mentorship, where are the best places uh, to find you? Blog.codybunch.com and at Cody underscore Bunch on Twitter. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time at VMworld 2015. This has been another episode of The Geek Whispers. You've been listening to The Geek Whispers podcast, where we bring social media and community to enterprise IT. You can listen to all the episodes at our website, geek-whispers.com, or check us out on Twitter, Facebook, or iTunes. Your hosts were John Mark Troyer, Amy Lewis, and Matthew Brender, better known on Twitter as Jay Troyer, Comms Ninja, and MJ Brender. See you next week.